we often don't realize that there's any other way to live our lives. We think as doctors that if we're not fulfilled yet, we just need to work harder. We just need to do more. <laughs> yes. If we're not fulfilled, yeah, that it's just because we haven't worked hard enough or we haven't achieved enough yet. Hello and welcome to an episode of Be an Awesome GP. Now, as an awesome GP, I'm sure you've never struggled with perfectionism, imposter syndrome, or self-doubt, which is why I'm so excited to have on our show today, Dr. Rebecca Nothrop, or Dr. Beck, as she's known. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Chris. It's an absolute honor to be here with you. So I was really excited to get you on the show. I missed your talk at Wonka because I was running around like a headless chook. And I really like the message you're putting out there. Can you just give us a one minute summary of who you are, what you do and where you're coming from? Oh, my goodness. Where I'm coming from is on a mission to solve this problem of the most successful, brilliant, hardworking people that is the typical profile of any general practitioner and any physician more widely that I work with of working so, so hard and coming into a profession, aiming to make a difference with the idea of making a big contribution and changing people's lives, yet struggling with this bizarre contrast of not feeling particularly fulfilled in their work. And I, I think we can see that by the way that a lot of us are very drained and exhausted and even the burnout syndromes that we so commonly find in doctors despite our extremely high measured resilience levels compared to the general population. So I'm personally on a mission to solve that problem. I'm a medical doctor myself. I am also a professional mindset coach and I work predominantly with doctors. I am also the founder of a group co coaching program, Dare Darling, and this is a place where we get successful, brilliant, professional people together who are all doing hard things and we tackle these mindset issues to allow them to keep doing hard things in their life in a way that facilitates fulfillment as well. So my I might I might stop there actually. I could just Okay, I can tell you could just go for an hour. You you love this topic. <laughs> yeah. I can tell. I think there's a lot to dig into there because we know burnout's a problem. We know job satisfaction is a problem. We know a lot of GPs are going to retire very soon in the next five years and we have to fill that workforce. I think most GPs, whether they would be feel comfortable to open up about it or not, suffer from some degree of imposter syndrome or perfectionism at some point in their career. And I think coaching is a safe space in some ways for people to come at that. Can you tell me a bit about what a coaching session like you with you would look like or how you sort of get in contact with people or how you deliver that uh, service? Mm. So in terms of coaching, I, I have an Instagram channel and I post about coaching concepts and doctors tend to reach out for, to me if they're experiencing the type, type of things that I'm talking about. And they come to me often not necessarily knowing in particular what they want to work on in coaching, but they have that sense of something's not right in my life. I've done everything right. I am successful by all tick boxes that a GP could tick, that a human could tick. They're successful and they're like, 
oh, there's still something missing. I don't feel that energy and that drive that, and I, I feel a lot of exhaustion and struggle in my life at the moment. And this isn't, we often think that this is, until people find coaching, until people hear about the commonalities between these experiences that we have, we often don't realise that there's any other way to live our lives. We think as doctors that if we're not fulfilled yet, we just need to work harder. We just need to do more. <laughs> yes. If we're not fulfilled, yeah, that it's just because we haven't worked hard enough or we haven't achieved enough yet. And it's so easy to believe because we can always do more. We can always see more patients or we can always be more thorough with patients. We can always see how we can work harder or become more efficient. And the problem is that keeps us in that trapped burnout cycle where we're already exhausted and unfulfilled. Because we're unfulfilled, we're lacking that energy boost that a fulfilled person gets. And then as doctors, we try and fix it by working harder and telling ourselves that we just need to work harder. So in our coaching sessions, we bring what seems terribly obvious to us as we're speaking about it frankly to the front of our minds and we make it we see how it's relevant in our lives because you know we have these conversations about what's important what's meaningful values in broad stroke terms and we all think we know what our values are and it's easy to say yes I value that yes I value that yes I value that value that but then when it comes to our day-to-day -day life, we don't often see that reflected in our decisions and our actions. And that's not a personal failing. It's just that it is really helpful to us in our complicated, biased, logical, fallacy-ridden minds to not be able to see clearly how we're making our decisions, not be able to see clearly how we're making our results not be able to see what values we are actually playing out and prioritizing our lives until we get really specific. So in coaching, we spend a whole session on just one specific scenario usually in our lives. We get really granular about something that happened just in the last week in our life that perhaps we didn't love the way we showed up, something didn't feel right, something went wrong or we know we wanna do better. And we use the specifics of that scenario to see how we're showing up and what we want to change instead of just talking in generalities about theoretically what we might think or what's important to us we get granular and that can be really confronting however getting to those specifics when we talk about these scenarios in our personal lives and we apply the concepts to ourselves my clients do all the work for me my clients make all the realizations for themselves so I think coaching is just a beautiful space where I get to sort of sit back by and large and watch these intelligent, brilliant people solve these problems in ways that they've just never had the opportunity to before because they've never let themselves see the thoughts behind their decisions. Oh, so much you could dig into with that. And everything you said just resonated with what I've seen in medicine, the idea you sit down with a set of values and you tick every value on the list of 30 is like, oh yes, I have that value. I think, I think that's a process that probably takes some time. I imagine that this isn't a quick fix and that people do come to a, a better point over time. 
what do you find are the first steps? Is it getting people in to just start with those very specific granular scenarios? Is it something you ask them to do in their life? What, what are the first steps on a journey down this path? Mm. And actually, I do have a lot of people coming to me asking to do a once-off coaching session here and there. Nice. And that's a way that I differ a little bit um, in terms of my, my integrity as a coach. I have a different um, outlook on how I'd like to coach and the way that results that I'd like to create for my clients because there's nothing wrong with coming for a once-off coaching session. You can get a lot out of it. But what I really want and the goal of my group coaching program is actually to teach people how to coach themselves. I've got, uh, my bookings are full for coaching at the moment. I've got a wait list and it's growing more quickly than I'm creating spaces. And so my group coaching program is a way to help people be more autonomous in being able to coach themselves because these skills are so intuitive. When, when, we, get people like, when we get people like doctors who are intelligent and determined and motivated, they can learn these skills for themselves and be able to apply, I reckon, 80% of the skills themselves. Mm -hmm. And even me, I, I can apply after years and years of coaching, I can apply perhaps 80% of the skills myself, and then I'll still recruit a coach to help me. I, I see a coach every week myself for my blind spots and for all those times where I don't feel like I can hold the space for myself to see my thoughts, when my own thoughts are so uncomfortable or I'm sort of subconsciously avoiding them, I'm just pushing them to the side, I'll deal with that tomorrow, I'll deal with that next time. So when I come to my coach each week, I have this, this beautiful non-judgmental safe space where I can bring up all those thoughts that I was avoiding. But what I really want, what I really want to see for doctors is I think we all deserve these skills. We all, doctors are such powerful people in the world in so many ways for their patients, for their colleagues, for the changes that we need to see in the healthcare system. And to see doctors disempowered by the way that they're thinking without even knowing it or without even knowing they have another choice is gut-wrenching for me. And I see coaching skills, learning to self-coach as a way to get out of that disempowerment and to get into our integrity. Because I think if we can empower all these brilliant doctors with all of these, these, this ability to listen to our inner voices, to understand what's important to us, I think that's only going to create exponential goodness in the world. I think that's the level of, it's the empowerment that we need in the individual clinicians to make that massive shift in the healthcare system. I think doctors are so powerful, but we're just locked up at the moment in all the things that we think we should do. And we're so busy doing all the hard work and doing more and more work that we don't have any energy left to connect with ourselves and be that force the system and it's no fault to any doctor it's how we've all been trained we've all been trained to do the right thing to fall in line to tick the boxes to do everything excellently and if all else fails we've just got to work harder so that's that's an interesting conundrum you are overbooked which is you know i guess one of the issues with any good doctor or any good business person how would you like to affect systemic change on a level beyond what you can do individually? Do you think there should be some sort of national coaching program? I guess what, what I'm driving at is 
how do you encourage doctors, and let's take GPs as an example, who once you're fellowed, theoretically you can go off and practice the rest of your life without supervision or review or mentorship um, or coaching. And how do you encourage them to be vulnerable and to and to improve and to reflect and to to welcome supervision or coaching or some form of feedback even? Mm. So if you could fix the health system, how would mm. you do it, Dr. Beck? Mm. Well, I guess just to address first, if there's a person who doesn't want to engage in coaching, coaching's not the place for them. We don't have, um, you know, coaching's not a space um, where we deal with unsafety. It's more of a place of enhancement. And a lot of people have come to coaching because they're struggling. Um, however, in coaching, we, we can't help the people who aren't ready to help themselves or they don't want the results. And luckily, we mm. have the most robust, brilliant mental health clinicians, which coaches are not, who can support the people mm. who are struggling and they're also not quite ready to help themselves. That's a very difficult place to be and That's a place I've been in in my life too. So when it comes to coaching, coaching is completely voluntary and even session by session, if somebody isn't um, interested in the direction that we're going, it's completely up to them. I, would, I, I never have an agenda for my clients, except I will offer the more empowering option. And if they don't want it, then they don't take it. So that's an important part to know about coaching. And for that reason, coaching can't necessarily be um, something that touches every doctor. And that's okay. We've got so many other tools mm. to help people. However, I think that coaching is an important solution. I'm going to shout it from the rooftop because I think that a lot of people just don't know about it. They don't know that it exists. They don't know what's possible. When I tell people I'm a coach, people have no idea what I'm talking about. However, coaching is very common in the corporate world and there's many great business cases for how it improves just from a business perspective. If we're talking about changing the healthcare system, there's many great business cases, cases showing a good return on investment in terms of productivity, employer retention and wellness, which are important factors mm. for any employer. And in the healthcare system, we actually have an example from Stanford Health, no less. They, since 2018, they started a study, um, I can't remember where, um, since 2018, they were documenting the effect of a trial of physician coaches, of coaches coming in, providing coaching for their physician healthcare work workers. And because of the success of that study, since 2018, they have not stopped. So actually, so actually at Stanford Health, they have institution provided coaching for all healthcare workers. And so wow. I am very hopeful from that perspective, from such a prestigious institution, the institution that is driving the chief wellness officer movement at the moment, that coaching is a viable solution that we can offer doctors who want coaching as an option. And in terms of the system change, it's, it's such a challenging question and there are many aspects that I'm sure I have blind spots to but from a coaching perspective it's hard for me to imagine that without enough of us as the clinicians on the ground saying something needs to change and being empowered enough to do that I don't see there being a big enough force 
to move the healthcare system systemically quickly. And the problem mm -hmm. is, as I said before, so many of us are so disempowered. So many of us are so disempowered and feel so stuck. We feel lost. If we're thinking, I don't have the results I want. I'm not making the impact I want. I'm not feeling the way I want to feel at work. I'm not enjoying work the way I thought I would enjoy it. And those problems are so big to us. And then we think the solution is work to work harder. We're too busy and we're staying in this disempowered cycle. We can't focus on changing the system. So it is a bit of a, it's, it is an absolutely indirect solution. But to me, if doctors, clinicians themselves can be empowered to the point that they say, this is what's necessary in healthcare, this is what we need to see change. They might not have all the solutions, but they can tell us what's not acceptable and in what conditions they will and won't work. And as well, if we actually stand up and support ourselves for the situations in which we are not willing to work anymore, if we can make it unacceptable to keep harming ourselves. I just had my uh, uh, one step removed suicide in my local region just yesterday mm. was the message I woke up to. So until we can say that these conditions are unacceptable, the cost is too high and make that very difficult decision that we know is going to cause short-term harm and have short-term costs, but know that it's the long-term solution until we feel empowered, sufficient and safe enough to stand in that. I don't think the healthcare system is going to change quickly. Thank you for sharing that. I can see the, take a breather. I think one of the, one of the things with coaching is it's a process that I feel will be normalized more over the next few years, but no one questions that the cricket team has a coach. No one questions business CEOs have a coach. Yet for some reason, when it comes to the medical workforce, the idea is more novel. And I think you're right, this, the Stanford study should show increasing levels of evidence over time and perhaps it will normalize things. But there is a problem and coaching is part of the solution. If you feel comfortable sharing, and this is an optional one, I'd be just fascinated to know what your primary values are. I, I can hear the passion for your movement in what you're saying. I'm just wondering what your guiding underlying values are or your guiding top principles are, if you feel comfortable sharing. Mm. My guiding principles as a person or as a coach hmm. in my business. In your business. My business. Mm. So I, I have a few premises that guide the decisions I make. These are my values and in the sense that these are truths that I tend to believe and lean towards when it comes to me making a difficult decision. And one of the premises is that all of us as people are positively intended. Mm. And that's really important to me because it helps me understand that when we can take off all the other layers and the confusion, 
that goes on in our normal human brains. Underneath all of that, we can always find something good. And with that, it's my belief that if we can help people get closer to themselves, understand themselves more, be more of themselves, if we can empower people to hear themselves and trust themselves, then with that, they'll be able to act in that good and they'll be able to create more, more in the world. So this is really useful in the case where there are a lot of extremely stressed clinicians at the moment. And with that stress, we act terribly sometimes, frankly, terribly. And then other times, a lot of the time, we just don't act as the person that we want to be. We don't act as our best self. Just a reminder to anyone out there, if you are looking for assistance in a mental health capacity, Doctors for Doctors, the number is 1300 Doctors for Doctors. And you can call that on 1300 374 377 anytime, 24 /7. Thank you for including that. The, the value of understanding that or the premise and the value that I hold of believing that people are good at their core helps me to navigate with people in a way that gets them back to their good as well, as opposed to what it's very easy for us to do, which is write people off because of their distress manifesting out in their behaviour. So that is one of the... I think I know where you're coming from there. It reminds me very much of something in one of Brene Brown's books. Uh, not not exactly, but in it, her husband mentions that he has a better day as a paediatrician when he assumes people are trying to do their best. And I think I do have a better day at work when I, I assume that people are fundamentally good and they are trying to do their best. And I, I don't have a huge study that backs that up. I don't have robust evidence base for that, but anecdotally, I think that is a powerful way to go about your practice every day. Mm, it, it helps me in that decision-making, which is what I think values largely function to do. They help you make decisions in difficult situations. And when I believe that there's good or a, a positive intention under whatever somebody is doing, it helps me solve the problem in a way that gets closer to that rather than takes me further away from that and further away from that person as well. And this is clearly an important value in coaching, but it's a really important value, I think, in healthcare too, because unfortunately, due to the state of our healthcare system and due to the systematic stresses that it creates, we are constantly dealing with colleagues and we are constantly in, in spaces where it's easy for us to be stressed and to have somebody treat you in that way when you're struggling, I think is a very powerful way to create more good in the world. Well, this has been a fantastic chat, Dr. Beck. I will wrap it up around about here. But I think you can offer so much for any of us struggling out there with perfectionism. And I think it's quite ironic that I actually did have to record the intro twice in an interview on perfectionism. But nonetheless, I think you offer a tremendous amount to people from a perfectionism, imposter syndrome and people pleasing standpoint. If people want to find you, where is the best place to find you? Is it your social pipes? Is it your website? 
Yeah, the best place to find me is probably over on Instagram. That's the easiest place where you can send me messages and chat to me directly. I also have a YouTube channel where I post videos every week and a podcast. It's called Am I Doing It Wrong? And this is a podcast for doctors by myself and a colleague, Dr. Christine Barker, who is a nephrologist in Melbourne. Um, you'll find links on my Instagram to free courses. And in fact, I'm about to release a free course on fulfillment. So for anybody who's resonated with this podcast, I'd highly recommend you jump on and roll through that free course. I've got some exercises for you to do. And as you were saying before, this is a way to start to apply the work in your life right now without having to um, <laughs> add too much extra time to your plate <laughs> or work particularly harder. All right. Thank you very much. And to everyone listening, always remember, you are an awesome GP. Be an awesome GP is targeted at general practitioners in the Australian context. It should not be taken as formal medical advice and you should consult your own clinician for any medical matters. Opinions are those of the presenter or guests and do not necessarily represent any organisations.